Welcome everyone to Knuckle Puck Time. My name is Andrew Apple, and I am a Red Wings fan married to a diehard Blackhawks fan. Some of you know what that means, and some of you are probably just here for the Mighty Ducks, and that's okay. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm David Hankla. Uh, I'm from DC, so that makes me a Capitals fan, but I will admit I'm much more of a, a movie addict, having formerly been a critic and once estimating that I've seen over 7,000 movies in my life than I am a hockey fan, but I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot more about hockey in this process, uh, especially because if I don't, Andrew's wife will yell at me. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, I am Hark Winsky. I am originally from Indiana, where we don't have a hockey team, so I know very little about hockey at this time, but um, hoping to learn more just like David is. Let's hope to pray to God. On that line, Mark, before we even start diving into everything else, how does Indiana not have a hockey team? All of I the know. states around you are obsessed with hockey, and your state is just stubbornly just holding itself out, just being like, no, we refuse to do that. We do basketball very well. You do. You do. At least historically, you did very well. And racing. And racing. That's true. That's and true. then more basketball. That's also, all football, and, pretty and, solid at football. We have Peyton Manning. We have Peyton Manning, and that was our... Had. <laughs> that was our... Uh, had. Our claim to Peyton. Had Peyton Manning. You let him And go. then you had his heir and Andrew Luck, who decided to go home. Yeah. But... Enough about championships. Let's talk about hockey. <laughs> hockey, specifically about the Mighty Ducks, because uh, we three millennials sat down and realized that if Disney was going to milk the living hell out of our nostalgic hearts, then we wanted to sit down and talk about it a little bit. So with the understanding that very soon we will have a Mighty Ducks series with the return of Gordon Bombay, AKA Emilio Estevez. Emilio! 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 <laughs> we wanted to see if those movies still hold up. And if we go back and watch them today, are we going to end up happily surprised that they are still awesome or incredibly sad that uh, the nostalgia just isn't there anymore? And what does that tell us about the show itself as a whole? So. If you have not watched The Mighty Ducks, why? Where have you been? And how did you get to this podcast? <laughs> and are you a fetus right now? That is my question. So just in case you either haven't seen it or you haven't seen it in quite some time, a quick refresher. Gordon Bombay, attorney for the firm Ducksworth, Saver, and Gross, 30 and 1 in his trial appearance, though he refuses to count the one loss because he, quote, got lucky with the court reporter, gets pulled over for a DUI and is sentenced to community service. Despite being haunted by his time as a player on the Hawks hockey team, he ends up as the coach of the District 5 Pee Wee hockey team in the same league he played in when he was growing up. Through his connection with the de facto team captain, Charlie Conway, and his old mentor Hans, he rechristens the team as the Ducks, helps them find their talent, and takes them all the way to the finals with a bunch of wacky hijinks along the way. So, Mark, having now watched this as an adult man this week, what do you think? 
it holds up. And it's not just holding up from a nostalgia fact, but I think some of some of the themes that we'll get into, like there's some deep rooted shit in this that as a kid, I'd like it like passed over because Goldberg farted and I thought that was really funny as a 10 year old. And uh, I still think it's funny now. (laughs) Only bad people don't laugh at farts. I, I, I agree. But makes it sound like a trumpet. Be a happier person. Uh, I think there are a lot of things to 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 go through, but I think the thing that stood out for me is 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 this like sense of fun and joy and camaraderie, and also some deep rooted uh, daddy issues, for for lack of a better term, but like some some father figures like really coming into play and Agreed, I'm like, man. Whoa. I, I had no idea back Whoa. when I was a kid or really until I rewatched these movies, how much their stories about fathers and sons mm-hmm. like, and the damage that a negative father figure can give you and how that can ripple through your life and how much a positive father figure can put you on the right path. Like it's, it is Greek in the level with which it is analyzing father figures and sons. And let's be clear, like not just biologically, mm-hmm. but coaches, but yeah. but figures of all types. Ron yeah. to Gordon, Gordon to his actual father who he lost, Gordon to Riley, the coach of the Hawks. Coach Riley. Gordon as the father figure to Charlie, Charlie talking about his own father being gone and all of the different men his mother had dated and how and the mother bringing up that every time that things start to get serious, it's a little harder on Charlie. I mean, like the theme of fathers to sons is constant throughout this movie, which I never imagined that in a podcast with friends talking about the Mighty Ducks, we would be talking about psychological theories. But well, here we are. The movie is is better and more layered than than I expected it to be on rewatch. I expected to really enjoy it and I expected to laugh, which I did. I also expected to find certain things wonderfully absurd, which I did. Certain things just don't actually line up. Also, this movie reminded me that we cared a lot less about children's safety in the early 90s. But yeah, this movie actually has quite a few layers that really deal with stuff that, frankly, our generation is learning to talk about pretty commonly, which I like. Well, Gordon Bombay comes in at at the end of this movie, and it's after the turmoil of their team following part of falling apart. And I guess Jesse Hall overhears him sarcastically calling them big losers and all these things. And it was taken out of context. And coach Bombay comes in and says, I created this team. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving you guys. And like, I'm getting chills here. Just like, thinking about that how 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 that strong bond kind of like jumps in this team it's incredible well also him being realizing that he can be a positive father figure to all these kids ties directly into his willingness to quit his job as a lawyer clearly is a father figure to him that he sees that his father figure is choosing to try and push him down a path 
that he can't morally support because he's grown as a father figure himself. In fact, he's trying to do it with a negative father figure for one of his kids and his old negative father figure, his old coach. And he just goes, no, I have to abandon this whole path of basically taking advice from crappy old men. This is what sort of grounds the movie and makes it, I think, have more nostalgic properties and holds up a little bit better than something like Miracle, which was very much just like straight on by the numbers hockey biopic story. Like this actually had some grounding in humanity. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't hurt that, you know, the whole thing basically starts with a poop joke. Yes. Accurate. I, I think all good stories do. <laughs> do. Or should. Yeah. Uh, I, I also wonder, considering he's not that much older than us, and we are, uh, whether the inspiration for Christian Bale's Batman voice was Fulton's intimidation voice. I'm going to stand by that theory until someone tells me I'm wrong. You, you're not wrong. I am probably wrong, but I'm going to stand in my wrongness until someone that, proves that that, I am. that that or a uh, voice of a man who is being interrogated who doesn't want his identity known. Man, I think that's a lot of know. fun. No, yeah. what else is a lot of fun? What Pee Wee hockey? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. These kids, they they. They weren't just like kids playing hockey. They were terrible. Correct. Like they couldn't skate. Deeply terrible. Yeah. Like what? Why are you, not 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 not? Why are you playing? Because I think everyone should play. But like, even their star player Jesse Hall was terrible. Yep. He wasn't good. And like, where do these these Hawks players come from? They're the rich kids. I mean, it's it's a class warfare movie, also. Absolutely. And that that carries on. It kind of gets somewhat abandoned in D two, though. The whole storyline with Russ and the local kids in LA, kind of bringing it back together. That's honestly, I, it's hard for me to think of a movie from the '90s that was more about American financial reconciliation than that sequence of the local kids. <laughs> really pulling the the elites kind of into one united form uh, through the power of the knuckle puck podcast name. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they bring that theme right back in D3 as well. The general idea, though, I guess in D3, they are very clearly the poor kids because they're going up against the, you know, the elites at their school who are on varsity blazers and ties and all of that stuff versus the Hawks just are implied to be wealthier by polo shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So in the 90s, especially around this time, there were a lot of movies that had these sort of Mr. Miyagi type characters who would take the underdog person and or team and elevate them over the people who had been working their entire lives to achieve mm -hmm. something. Um, and, and Disney was notorious for this. Like... You take the Mighty Ducks, you replace it with soccer, and you replace uh, Emilio Estevez with Steve Gutenberg. You have the big green. The like, big green. And let me tell you, <laughs> sir, after watching Mighty Ducks, that popped up 
on my Disney Plus next. And did I stop? Did I press stop? No, I didn't. That was my best Fulton voice. I'm a tenor. I sing high. So this is like, no, I didn't. But I kept watching. And I might have watched The Big Green as well this morning. But that's neither here nor there. I kind of thought that obsession in the 90s was because the greatest generation suddenly had grandkids who were moving towards being teenagers. So you quite literally had a generation who at the time were running Disney and every other major studio who on some level felt that they had all this great worldly knowledge, all of these incredible experiences that frankly no generation will ever repeat in a particular way. And greatest generation and the boomers butted heads on everything. So suddenly there's another generation. Gen X was kind of, was and always has been kind of the weird kind of side child in there where they were mostly just kind of left alone to watch TV and snark at things, um, which worked out really well for some of them. Um, gave us Ben Stiller. And thank that- God for, for Ben Stiller, right? Because along in those movies of Mighty Ducks and Big Green came Heavyweights, yep. which starred a lot of these same kids, right? So they just jumped from Mighty Ducks to these other Disney f- films that are just... Do you know why they all made the jump from Mighty Ducks to Heavyweights? Well, Andrew, maybe you you, you could tell us. I I think I could, actually. Uh, Stephen Brill, actor, writer, director, who also plays the defense attorney in the opening scene, Mm -hmm. was the writer of all three Mighty Ducks movies. And That's he, why he appears in all three movies. Correct. In roles that somehow are allegedly completely disconnected. Uh, I mean, he, he's the Bruce Campbell of the Mighty Ducks universe, you know? Just what, okay. what, what can you do? But he also wrote and directed uh, Heavyweights. Hmm. Also frequent collaborator of Adam Sandler, which is why you have Averman doing a fairly decent Rob Schneider from the 80s impersonation. Is that what he's doing? Yes. The 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 Mr. Bossman, the boss the Ruski, the goalie, the goalmeister. The... Oh, yeah, that is that is making copies. Making copies. All right. All right. I, I never put that together before. But I'm sorry, just to go back to how bad the kids are at hockey <laughs> in a weird way. Uh, they all actually are somehow, or at least we're led to believe, are actually incredible athletes because they are clearly several games into this season. And he's only on community service for 500 hours, which I assume is like 12 to 16 weeks. So I don't know how many, like in Pee Wee, I don't know how many games there are in a season, but from baseball and basketball and whatnot, I felt like it was always somewhere between like 12 and 16 mm-hmm. if it was a thorough season. So he if takes some know out there. If you do know out there, just l- let us know. Cause yeah, why, please. We, Cause we actually, none of us we know did very play little. hockey. We didn't know Pee Wee hockey, but Not, we, yeah. we, we're learning and growing together. Like, nope. isn't that cool? I have a cousin who did play uh, roller hockey in Philly, but he has two small children and I'm on the West coast. And he is still in Philly. So any hours where I can call him, he's either asleep and therefore will be cranky 
or he is a father of two and therefore potentially cranky. Well, that, that's actually or, something that we talked about. If we wanted to, like, you know, my, my better half knows hockey better than any of us. As I mentioned at the beginning, she is legitimately a diehard uh, Blackhawks fan, which to date is the, the only flaw that I can see in her because she is a wonderful, wonderful human. Uh, she has offered to be our assist at any point. If we have a legitimate hockey question, I can pick up the phone and call <laughs> <An> her. Assist. <laughs> J- just saying. I love it. We need to keep using that. So, so if that's an assist. Then, like, what would be would be a podcast uh, knuckle puck time uh, triple deke or hat trick or speaking? Hold on. Speaking of triple deeks. Can we all just put it out there? It's not a very tricky move. <laughs> it's it's also in no way seems to be a good move. You're just moving. It's basically just moving the puck back and forth, and you're doing it slightly more. Like it seems like it's basically just a hockey crossover. So here here's what you guys have to recognize is that mm-hmm. you are seeing it from the perspective of being shot in sixty frames per second getting knocked down to 24 frames per second in movie time slow motion, all right? It works specifically because that whole thing happens in like three seconds. So the goalie, his eyes are just sort of being taken in every single direction because the thing that you find about any sort of goalie is nine times out of 10, if they're jumping to make a save, it's just instinct. Like they, they are just moving wherever they think it's going to go. And the triple deke, what it does is it sort of jumbles the brain a little bit. So the goalie, if they're a, a mediocre peewee goalie, they're not going to necessarily jump in the right direction to save the goal. Especially if the puck is shot up in one of the corners of the net, much like how at the beginning Gordon Bombay ended up having the puck bounce off the post specifically Mm -hmm. because he went for a triple deke and shot it into the top corner where the goalie is least likely to be able to jump toward it. Which then Charlie Conway, who is, dare we say, not as good as a Gordon Bombay at 11 years old can still do that same exact move and make the shot look storytelling is storytelling i still stand by the fact that it was wildly irresponsible for him to put the kid that he's basically coach adopted as his son who they call spazway because he's bad and whose mom he is trying to bang that he gives him the final shot when they have fulton and thanks for listening everybody (laughs) because that's been that has pretty much uh put everything into perspective have fulton Stand on the line and shoot it as hard as he can. Now, Fulton argues that he's only one out of five. But in the course of the movie, in fact, in, course, in the course of the entire franchise, he only misses three shots. One That we see. That we see, true. One does get caught uh, in D2, mm-hmm. but it seems that that potentially breaks the goalie's hand in comical ways. Uh, but yes, in... Fulton doesn't actually seem to ever miss. So if everyone else is shooting and he effectively shoots with the power of a shotgun, I don't know why anyone else would ever take shots ever. 
I, mean, I get it's a game then you're supposed to be having fun your kids my brain sometimes just goes to pure raw strategy of let's just stack eight goals on them and then the kids can have fun especially when you have a goalie that's afraid of being shot at which how much of the ducks improvement do you think came from the fact that they suddenly actually had a goalie oh huge um, huge hmm. okay uh, is that the goldberg the hero of the movie absolutely point of order um how much hmm. of their success came from the fact that all of a sudden they had actual pads fair fair again <laughs> how much of class the, issue how much of their success came from hans being like hey we have new d districts that change. Now we have the best player in the state of Minnesota yeah. playing on our team who that everyone hates because yep. he's a dick. I mean, that's the thing. I never saw Charlie Banks as a dick. More is just like the shy, awkward. No, kid. Charlie's not a dick. Banks. I mean, Adam Banks is a dick. Adam Banks. Adam Banks, not Charlie Banks. My bad. Charlie Conway, Adam Banks. That's my slip. Yeah. But yes, Adam Banks, I never saw him as actually being a dick. He just happened to be on the team with people who were dicks. You're right. He's, he's, he's that he's, guy he's, in the frat. He's the quiet like, guy. Yeah, he's just like the quiet, nice guy in the frat when other people are drawing on passed out people's faces. And he's he's not stopping them, but he's not doing anything. So Gandhi would have hated him. I took the time to look up what the term cake eater means. And according to IMDb, uh, this term is actually well known throughout Minnesota and refers to people who live in the city of uh, Edina, Edina, I, I apologize that if I'm pronouncing it uh, incorrectly, a suburb of Minneapolis. A cake eater is saying a person who is so rich that they can have their cake and eat it too. And 12 year old me did not understand that when I saw the movie. Yeah, I just thought it was a really good insult. Though, on the rewatch, I assumed that it played into the class issue again. Yeah, and and that just goes to show that we are learning and growing together, Andrew. Because Mark didn't know that. David, not a did clue. You know that? I yeah. assumed it was it was kind of some kid had heard about Marie Antoinette and had been like, "Ha, cake eater," and that that had just become a thing from there, like. That's that's absolutely the kind of insult that some six-year-old or eight-year-old kid comes up with because their older sibling is reading about something and they think it's funny, and then the whole community uses it because it just it's good without any of them actually getting it. Cake eater. Yeah. Um, that's cool that it's actually a thing around there, though. Well, it, it goes back to the fact that every story that affects us is grounded in some way so like going back to your point about why they didn't let fulton take the final shot and they let charlie take it that's because the whole idea was that charlie is all of us when we are of that age so we could then see ourselves through him like this was the non-toxic version of ready player one if you've read that book the okay. real niche market here. People who have watched <laughs> read the very book, successful one, book and seen. So, f f for the two of you listening <laughs> that have had this experience, Andrew, continue. 
No, the, the whole idea in Ready Player One is that our main character is someone who is successful because he's a nerd um, and not because he has any sort of actual skill or physical prowess. He just knows a bunch of random facts about a time period at which point it had a certain type of pop culture. Like, that's that's a problematic thing that leads to incel culture. Yeah, I, I think Charlie's version of being the, the everyman for all of us is much healthier because he didn't work as hard as the Hawks did, but he definitely worked hard to gain the respect of his team and become a successful hockey player, um, even if he should have been punished and forced to pick up every single one of those hockey sticks that he knocked over. So if Charlie Conway, okay, mm -hmm. I'm listening. If Charlie Conway is our everyman, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Who then in this film is uh, star of the screen, Danny Tamborelli? And why is he in this movie? Well, he's in the movie because someone paid him to be in the movie. Like, this this was him, like, not... This was, was this pre-Pete and Pete? This was in the early Pete and Pete era. So Pete and Pete had, had already been on for two seasons. Hmm. Um, which is odd, because... Danny Tamborelli in this movie. Let's just say maybe all of his scenes got cut, which is quite possible because he doesn't ever play, nor does he practice on the team. Nope. He just has a cute sister who is a like a pro figure skater. Which as a pause also brings up a line that I'm stuck on between Mighty Ducks and D2. Why is like three quarters of the Mighty Ducks just cut before they go pro? I, I think like, it's for the exact reason that Mark is pointing out. Like there were just too many characters to bring them all along. And, you know, oh, totally fair. I just love the idea that Charlie being the captain and the hero of the previous season, just executive decision started cutting the scraps from the team immediately. Like I'm going to go round up the team like, Hey, let me get you. Not your brother though. Nope. You're out. Okay. No, we're not even going to bother picking them up. Should we get Abraman? All right. We'll get Abraman because he's, he's comic relief. That's fine. Um, also again, Averman must've been an incredible athlete went from utterly unable to skate to good enough to play for the worlds in one year, allegedly. Does he play though? <laughs> like, it's an excellent point. I mean, because he's not going to the ice, but I don't remember ever seeing him touch the puck, like ever. In three movies, I don't actually remember him ever touching the puck. I mean, I assume he must have in times where they did the flying V, just because everyone does in the flying V. Um, also, a move that looks incredibly cool, but really easy to break up. <laughs> like, you just fly into it. Like, Which we find out in D2 when. Iceland just tears them apart. Right. I mean, a wedge is a really easy thing to break. Like, really easy. There's a reason why no one uses them in football. It's just, it's dumb. But it's, it's hard. Great, though. It mm -hmm. means heart. It means teamwork. 
And if if that's the thing that that is uh, not keeping this plot line together, then <laughs> I don't know what it is. Well, um, not to mention. I'll tell you what the nice thing about the Flying V is. It's very easy that if you take out one member of the V, it's easy to get the puck to someone else. It's probably Mm -hmm. not that easy to follow where the puck is when it's being quickly shifted between five people in a very small cluster. Like, you don't know who to go for. And especially, like... If Fulton is in there somewhere and he has the puck, he could very easily just, you know, knock someone with his shoulder off because it it isn't until we get to D2 where the Iceland team looks like they're all in their early 30s and they have the physique. Have taken steroids for 10 of those years? Yes. David, yes, I've got a uh, a trivia question for you okay. and listeners at home. So we've talked about these players in great lengths. Mm-hmm. A lot of them go by their last names. Yep. Do you know some of these first names? Ready? Okay. Okay. His last name is Averman. Mm-hmm. What's his first name? Not a clue. Give us a guess, David. Averman. What? 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 Like brings brings your your your. <laughs> I, I want to say brings y- 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 your cockles a flowing, but man, that it. does not sound right. No, um, it doesn't. But here we are saying it. Uh, I don't know, Brian. Brian Averman. Well. That's incorrect, <laughs> but I would Lester. assume I was guessing from the entire library of all names. Lester Averman. Lester is his name. Lester. Name is Lester Averman. Lester Averman is his name. Sure. Okay. Out of all of the names out there, David. What is Goldberg's first name? What do you think his first name is? Antonio. His name, his guess is Antonio Goldberg. I mean, and I'm sorry, David, we're going to take that as your final answer. And yes. that is incorrect. Okay. It, it is Greg. Greg Goldberg. Greg Goldie Goldberg is his name. Okay. Um, Who, we are proud of him because he's come a long way. He's he he's been in the news recently. Actually, hmm. um, he battled with a, 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 a addiction a lot over hmm. these past years, and he's getting cleaned up and getting sober. So, um, props. It it takes a lot to do that. It takes a lot yeah. to go through that process and stay strong. And if you, you are out there listening proud of you it takes a lot and andrew you might have the tidbit on this and i know we're going a little off in this one why do they have the same actor in d2 and d3 as opponents the the guy who plays 
one of the Icelandic kids. Who then Gunnar Stahl. Yeah, Gunnar Stahl. And Gunnar Stahl Scott in is a name that will never leave my mind. <laughs> and they just, they never acknowledge it except for one moment in D3 where Julie the Cat Gaffney, he goes over to her to say, good game. And she goes, thanks, Gunnar. And like, they just move past it. And he calls, like, she calls him Gunnar. His name is is Peter or Patrick or something like that in D3. They address him by a totally different name. He does not have the accent. It's just something that they just work through. And that, I'm just wondering, is there some underlying reality to this, Andrew? Like, is that the son of the writer? Um, if so, that writer has attractive children and props. He is a totally different character, allegedly, in D3 leading me to believe that in the 90s, I, I guess there were a limited number of charismatic white men who could skate. I do not believe that. That that may be the argument. I flat do not believe that. There are Minis- so many Minnesota. white people in this country who can skate. So many. In Minnesota. Let's be real. Especially, in, I mean, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, yes. Have you seen many... You know, Nordic, handsome, flowing hair, white man over six feet in Minnesota. It's like, yes, it's like every third person. All of them. They're all Vikings. They all are impervious to cold. And they're all descended from people who were giant and so physically dense. They didn't freeze to death when the winter decided to drop negative 40 on them. Um, They're also just tough enough mentally or just silly enough about things. And I love Minnesota for this. That I, I, I can only picture... The first group of people landed in Minnesota and it was beautiful and it was, you know, spring or whatnot. And they, they built their spaces and they farmed and life was good. And then winter hit and only half of them froze to death. And they went, well, only half of us died. I guess we'll stay. That's, that's just insane. All of that is insane, but they did it. And the Minneapolis St. Paul area is truly spectacular. I love visiting that place anytime that I go, except for um, the fact that I will never go in the winter because it's so cold that they have to connect everything with underground tunnels or your eyeballs will freeze. Can can we just talk a bit about how um, somehow they thought it was okay to rollerblade through the mall of America? To be fair, the times that I've been in the Mall of America, I don't think there are laws there. Proceed. Uh, I mean, the the most recent time that I went was during a Final Four weekend. So I imagine there were a lot of people in there who were not normally in there, but uh, there seemed to be no acknowledgement of even basic human dignity. People were just doing what they wanted to do. And the place is large enough that I feel like that can't be too uncommon. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, so sorry. Un- uncommon to have 12 children on rollerblades gating over <laughs> fountains. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's Minnesota. People skate and it's inside. So if it's too cold, people are going to skate somewhere. They're either going to be on the ice, you know, at a rink or maybe they're inside. I don't know. Also, the again, the Mall of America was probably fairly new at that time. So... Andrew? I feel like the Mall of America was built in like 93, 92. Andrew just became our facts guy, David. Yep. We've, we've, he's, he's, he's found his title. You are correct. It opened its doors in 1992 
and according to its own its home page, believes that it has revolutionized the shopping experience and become a leader in retail, entertainment, and attraction. And it's probably going to close within the next few months. Oh, that's sad. Are you joking about that last part, or is that actually part of no? Its that's declaration? no. That 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 that's not. But if I am not mistaken, I do believe that yeah, Mall of America reopens after coronavirus closures with 150 of 500 stores doing business. As long as they've got the roller coaster and Abercrombie and Fitch, then. We're in business, baby. They're also currently being sued uh, because there are construction liens against the property for unpaid work, totaling more than $13 million. It's probably because of that damn team of roller skating kids back in 1992. It all started. That's where it started. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it started. Um, Can we... Okay, I've got this written down. It's something I wanted to bring up, but didn't know how to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they they really tried to push this love story of Connie and Guy on us in this movie. Gee. And yes, sorry. Oh. Sure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Connie and Gee, they mm-hmm. really did their best to just like shove that in our face mm-hmm. without anything else. <laughs> I mean, I think like Andrew said, there were so many characters that you kind of had to figure out something to do with each of them. And giving two characters a potential love story could be entire personalities. Yeah, but, but it was like, it was so small, mm-hmm. like such a like maybe Gee held her hand one time and looked, yeah. and that was it. Here's this: we just had a whole discussion about what their first names were. <laughs> These characters were not developed, like at all. One character's name is Carp, and we genuinely don't know if that's an actual name or the fact that he has a face that's kind of fish-like. It is an actual name for the record. His name is Dave Carp. See, mm. back to our That's first names. Dave Carp? Yes. Who was he? He was the, 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 the fat kid who uh, played Jerry in Heavyweights. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Who I did note in D2 was not one of the ones that Charlie picked to move on to the worlds. Because of Heavyweights, I think. Or because he was bad. It could be. Yeah. It, it could be. Or maybe he's just not. Maybe maybe he, he retired. Maybe he, he was so good or got an injury. All right. We don't know. Well, here's so, what we so, do know. So Jerry, Jerry, Dave, Dave Carp. <laughs> Sorry. Dave Carp is a very funny. Jerry, thing. Dave Carp. No, no. <laughs> okay. Jerry was his character. In heavyweights. Oh, okay. Dave Carp. Sorry. I can't say it without laughing. It's such a funny name. Okay. Um, um, so, sorry. Uh, do you know what Dave Carp looks like now? 
No. Yeah, he's like cut. Everyone, everyone, go to the, listeners out there. Go to your phones and type in Aaron Schwartz. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's on the screen right now. Huh? Yeah. That's a handsome dude. <laughs> that is he unexpected. Looks- My God, that man has a jaw like a nutcracker. <laughs> I would I would choose him f- for my D two team. I absolutely would as well. Yeah. Huh. Okay. May, oh no 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 no. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. He got cut from the team, which made him try harder at the gym, which now has now turned into this. Sure. Let's go with that. You do realize that there is a staple in every single one of these revival series where there's the where are they now episode like fuller house didn't even try to pretend like they weren't doing that like they basically said our first episode of fuller house is like the last episode that we never got to do a full house and we're bringing Everyone back besides the Olsen twins because they said no, and that's the only reason. And uh, Saved by the Bell, they have the one episode where the entire gang gets back together and it's all focused on them. So something to bear in mind is that if these questions get answered in the new series, we will talk about it and we will tear it apart and put it back together until we feel comfortable with their answers. Speaking of things that I'm not comfortable with, Carp, uh, as he grew older, had a recurring role on Gossip Girl and played young Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. If if Dave Carp... See, I can't do it. If Dave Carp can become a young god, you can believe in yourself too. If Dave Carp does not make an appearance in this new Mighty Ducks reboot, there's there's gonna be some uh, heads rolling. Let's just let's just put this out there. Um, Mr. Bob Iger will get a call. Bob Chapek. Bob Bob Iger's on his way out right now. Bob Chapek is the current I, CEO. I, I've got. Are Bob. they only allowed to hire people named Bob? No, yep. because at this point, when this movie came out, the guy was named Michael. Michael Eisner. And his lackey was named Jeffrey Katzenberg of Mm -hmm. recent Quibi fame. Mm -hmm. So does Michael Eisner know about Dave (laughs) Carp? Listen, Michael Eisner did not care about Dave Carp. And I mean that sincerely. Like Michael Eisner has gone on the record about his time at Disney where his, his whole mentality was our goal is not to make anything good. Our goal is to make money. And in the process, we will hopefully make something good. But if it's not good and it makes money, then we've met our goal. So you want to know why they didn't bring back Jesse Smollett for D2? That's why. Wait, sorry, Jesse Smollett? Jesse Smollett plays Jesse's younger brother. Hold on. What? I have to process that fact. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Andrew, talk more about this. 
Hold on. There, there's nothing else to talk about. I mean, Jesse Smollett and his sister, Journey Smollett, they have been in the entertainment industry for years. Like, there are episodes of Full House where Journey Smollett is playing Michelle's friend. So, like, you know, do the math on that. They have been doing this long before Jesse Smollett gained any sort of notoriety and infamy from Empire. I mean, I, I get all of that. I do. I just have to plug that into my brain. Why was he not a part of uh, the team in D2? Uh, I mean, Andrew, I think, just said budget yeah but, but at least they framed him as younger so maybe they just took the older kids not really I, I mean i think one of the things that we have the opportunity to do right now until the new series comes out is we can just make things up like you know it that charlie went to him i'm gonna do that once it comes out too yes and charlie said hey uh come on back and he's like you know what i'm i'm really into the piano right now i'm really into this music thing that I'm doing and I, that movie I is good. Yeah, they're kids. Yeah, guys, guys, they Remember are eleven-year-old kids. They do, they are eleven, right? Like, they can yeah, have new I mean, passions and 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 they can true. do he's more than to be one like sport. In D three, isn't he? Yes. Like that whole conversation where he's like, "I am a almost fifteen-year-old," or he's like, "I'm a fifteen-year-old, almost six-foot Leo." who loves hockey and TV and whatnot when he's meeting yeah. the girl. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, okay. It is It is weird to think that, yeah, they're, they're supposed to be like 11. Nobody looks their age after the first movie. Like, like that. that's just the, the reality. Well, they Hollywood. argue that the movies happen one year, next year, next year. And there's two years between each of them. Yeah. So, I mean, they did it as quickly as they could. And respect for that. Yes, but, but I mean, we, we live in a world where allegedly the Rocky movies all take place, like one directly after the other, after the other, after the other. And it appears like after each one, Sylvester Stallone, like the minute he got done with any of the movies before he did yeah, anything just like else. Yeah, right. just like... <laughs> like cheesecake haircut uh and, and and then i'm i'm gonna move on it's like no oh, you can't take me to the hospital until my barber comes in if my barber can't that do was, it that was a good sylvester stallone andrew i try i i, I have like that was that was that was good you know my only impression yes i do <laughs> i got one and that's it what is the one i don't oh. know this I, that'll be on the bonus track on the bonus cut i think bonus track bonus track i do one very very niche impression as nature's ready player one meets mighty ducks no no but we'll we'll put it on episode two sure okay a little well, tease a little teaser mcgee yeah you can you can intro the show in your one impression, impression right there. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew and I are just cracking up. Just wait. Just just wait till y'all find out. Because it's... It's good, too. I think it's good. You're hyping yourself up. I'm excited to hear I it. am. I am. I'm proud of it. Because it's you are your own flavor flavor. Well, Mark, that actually gives us the perfect segue to next week. Because our time together has just about come to an end. 
we're in the the final 30 seconds of gameplay. Uh, do we have any final thoughts to wrap anything up? David, I'll toss it to you. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Yeah. Closing, closing thoughts or tell kind of us the story of what happened to Danny Tamborelli after this movie. Your choice. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to do both. Uh, I think that Danny Tamborelli's character just got really into sandwiches and gave up on hockey. Um, he seems like the kind of guy who would just eat a lot of sandwiches. You look at him. like He's like he's a sub kind of guy. I, I second that. I second yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, he just absolutely gives off that vibe as the kind of person who, like, in that puffy coat, in one of the inside pockets, would just, like, have a meatball sub at any given moment. And people would just be like, doesn't that make the jacket messy? And he'd be like, sometimes. And he'd be eating the sub anyway. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes. Sometimes. That's yeah. a tagline. Sometimes. Yeah, it happens. Then I wash the jacket. It's fine. Or I don't. Um, but my my closing thoughts are, as we move towards the TV series airing, I deeply hope that Disney, as they prep for this, has taken the same lessons they learned from creating The Mandalorian of realizing what actually is the storyline that carries through something that people care about. Because like in The Mandalorian, which is a father to son, parent to child, like carry through that. That's the through line. That is what the Mighty Ducks are actually about. It's about growing up and trying to be the better person and fathers and sons kind of learning from each other and trying to to make the world better by not, not really trying to make the world better, but just trying to be better and trying to live better lives through fathers looking out for sons and vice versa. And the fact that it seems like they're bringing Emilio Estevez back in the Hans role, which, man, does that make me feel old? Um, I mean, yes. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the fact that they're bringing him back in the Hans role does seem like at least they're, they're looking at taking in that direction. So I am, I am hopeful, uh, but we will see. We will see. Okay. Mark tossing it to you. Final thoughts about the movie and or tell us what happened to Lewis, the limo driver. MC Gainey. The limo driver. Wow. Um, well, we got to talk about Louie. Big Lou. Um, Big Lou actually had some issues with the sauce and lost his license couldn't drive anymore he, that's very he, meta that the guy driving for someone who couldn't drive for dui himself ended up with duis that's very meta keep going mark i love this mind blown but what happened was he was celebrating his team's victory um at the local bar and gave gave people rides home and then got pulled over driving his limousine. And um, that was it for his limo career. Hmm. Um, and final thoughts about this movie. So I've, I've let me kind of sandwich this. Let me do back to sandwiches. Let me sandwiches. Let me take the sandwich out of my pocket and give you this thought. First of all, um, while doing research for today, I'm like, this is the best damn research 
I've ever done. This is so much fun. Like going back and just seeing it, seeing this movie done and seeing it as kind of a piece now as 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 like from from what what do we say 90 92 92 92 yep yeah and and seeing it too now from an actor's point of view and to be like some of these kids are like really great actors even at 11 years old it shows because a lot of them had 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 long careers after this movie um uh the other part of the sandwich is number one first film is a long movie i think it could have been cut like 20 minutes thought of that is it that long it's reaching 100 minutes past that's 100 minutes. not that long you should sit it down should have been I'll... 90 it should have been 90 so it should have been nine. Okay, j- just so we're all on the same level, in order for mm-hmm. something to be a theatrical release at that time, and it still stands today, eighty-one minutes with credits right. was the yeah. bare minimum. So mm-hmm. that's the least that it could have done. But n- not to pick up on too much of a tangent, Mark. But to finish us off, what would you have cut? It was just so. I would have to go back and give you a. Oh a, come a, on, come on! Piece. No, no, no! You just made a hard line about they needed to cut twenty minutes out of a movie that is an I hour. I think and they did. It was I mean, pacing. Sorry, there was no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll go strong in this. Yeah. The pacing, the pacing from when, when Adam Banks joined the team until that game. Like I wanted to see the game, and there was a big lull from that point where the parents come in, and he's like, "I'll pay for whatever," and then Adam Banks is like, "I want to play with my friends, and no one likes him." And then the game, what we are waiting for, is also a very long game. It really is. I I was. Like, when's this penalty shot going to happen? Okay. I did not have that complaint, but no. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's it, why we opinionate here. <laughs> well, everyone... But I loved it. Just finishing my, my sandwich mm-hmm. before you have closing. Uh, um, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, uh, as a, great... a final thought, you were talking about MC Ganey. After watching it, I had to go and check to make sure he was not also Daniel Simpson Day, you know, D-Day in Animal House, the guy who rode his motorcycle upstairs and did the, the throat music. No. It is not the same actor, no. but they, they look very similar, and that would have made sense. Um, but yeah, love the movie. Love the movie. If you haven't seen the first movie yet, watch Then it. I really hope you didn't listen to this podcast. No, yeah. I do. We are bringing up a new generation, folks. We are giving away everything to the new generation. <laughs> and that's what they want. I'll just say this. If you've never seen the movie before and you're still <laughs> listening at this point, thank you. Like that's yeah. that that that's all I can really say on the subject. 
Thank you. And if you're still listening this far, thank you. We appreciate you. Not if. There is no if. There is no if here. I'm sure there were at least three or four people who listened to the first, you know, five, ten minutes of it. Ah, but they won't hear this part. Yes. But the ones who do, they'll know about the ones who stopped listening after five minutes. And, you know, they'll... They'll they'll tweet at them with with the hashtag why just stop listening, bro. Come for the ducks, stay f- for the sandwiches and <laughs> metaphors. Is that just gonna be your thing from now on? It's like time to pull this sandwich out of my pocket. <laughs> come come for the ducks, stay for the sandwiches, which are metaphors. We know this now. Mm. All metaphors are sandwiches. <laughs> Andrew, final thoughts for you. Close us out. Sure. Uh, Very impressed about how well this movie holds up. Um, If I could lob one criticism at this entire movie, and again, I can Mm -hmm. only find one, uh, know this. Um, Losing, but hooking up with the court reporter Mm -hmm. does not mitigate a loss. I think that if two people are sex positive and they want to hook up after a loss, good for them. But, uh, right. you know, we we live in a sex positive age now. That's the only joke that I think didn't age well. Other than that, I think this is a timeless movie that uh, I was very happy to see they actually, you know, didn't shoot in L.A. They had to shoot this on location because there's no way they could get that snow not to melt anywhere in Los Angeles. <laughs> No. I'm glad this is happening. I'm glad this his talk is happening. I'm glad too. And thank you everyone again for sticking around for this talk. Um, this is where we have to do the obligatory. If you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe to the channel because we're going to be doing a lot of fun, interesting things on it. Not just the podcast itself. We have a couple other things that are in the works as well. If you are listening to the audio version you know, please go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate us five stars and say something nice about it. And uh, what you should do is uh, add in the part about what kind of sandwich you like into that review. And that'll be our our thing. Us with you. It'll just be our thing. This happened live, folks. Like this whole s- sandwich gate 2021. I'm going to close out my line by saying one other thing you should do is my Venmo. I'm very discoverable. I am the only David Hankla in America. If you find David Hankla on Venmo, feel free to send him money. David, I'm only going to not bleep that if you promise that if someone sends you, I'm going to say more than $25, you need to send Mark a gift card for a $5 football. I will shout out on this podcast, anyone who sends me money. <laughs> I will promise to do that. And if enough people do this, I will eat a sandwich while we do this <laughs> podcast, which will not go well. <laughs> I have a beard. Things are getting messy. And we are recording the audio. I'm over here dying. I'm. I'm my face is bright red. I... <laughs> Oh my goodness. And yeah, uh, 
Great call. My Venmo is, is my name as well, and I'm the only Mark Winsky in the world. That's M A R C W I N S K I. Andrew, you, you want to put yours out there too while we're on? <laughs> no, I'm 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 good. I uh, yeah. right. I make Hawks money, so you know I'm 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 doing okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sweating. I'm laughing so hard, guys. All right, everyone. Well, this has been Knuckle Puck Time. I have been Andrew. Uh, I remain David. And I think I'm Mark. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. It's Knuckle Puck Time.